0: Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. How many of you ever painted a room? Show of hands. All right. That's almost everybody. Painting is, is fun, I think. I, 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 what I mean is putting the paint on the walls is fun. There's this feeling of, you know, you spend a few hours cutting in and a few hours rolling and you have this beautiful, fresh room that's clean and looks amazing if you've picked your colors right. And so you, you, you prep the room and you, and you paint it. But what I've discovered about painting is that I like the painting part. What I don't like is the prep part. You know the part where you prepare the room to be painted? Everyone overlooks that stage. It's like, oh, let's just buy a can of paint and paint that room tonight. Some of you have been there. In reality, when you paint a room, what happens? You've got to prep the room. And prepping the room means you've got to move all the furniture. So you're dragging all the furniture to the middle of the room to expose the walls. There's all kinds of stuff you didn't know that was there under there, dust bunnies. And so you're cleaning and you're moving everything in the middle and you're covering it with drop sheets and then... You're still not done because you've got to wash portions of the wall that have been touched and, and you've got to take all those little plug covers off with the screws. And you are going to get all those clear. You've got to take all the pictures and shelves off the walls. And then maybe you're going to fill all the nail holes and sand them off. And, and maybe, for those of you that aren't very confident with the brush, you're going to tape off all the trim, you know, and you put your drop sheets down. This is hours and hours and hours that have gone by by the time the room is actually ready for the fun part, putting on the paint. And the reason why I tell you that story analogy is because I really believe that for the past year, uh, our church, Pathway Church, has been in a preparation process. We've been doing the hard work in advance to prepare financially for the future that God has for us. And, and just like preparing to paint the room, it's not fun. It's not sexy. You know, it, it's not like, this is, I just look forward to preparing the room. No. That's the hard part. The fun part comes later, right? And so we're praying and believing that God has a... Space for us and a future home for us, and we're trying to, to get ready. Uh, last week, my, my wife and I were away on vacation with our kids, and that was fun. Who likes vacation? About half of you like vacation. Um, vacation is fun. That's the fun part. The not-so-fun part: saving the money to pay for the vacation. Right? You do that for a year, and then you get to enjoy a vacation, and a rest, and a break, and someone else cooks your food. It's wonderful. So there's the preparation, and then there's the realization. And so we have literally for a year been in preparation phase. And as a church, we've been trying to get ready. Uh, we began um, a year ago today uh, with a two-year generosity initiative called Stretch. And what you just saw on the video screen uh, was individuals and families in our church handing in commitment cards like, like the ones that are on your seats. Don't, don't worry about those. I'll explain that in a sec. But people were filling out these cards, we prayed together in both services, and we put those cards in the box, and then uh, people nailed a little spike onto our our art piece that one day will hang in our facility, and uh, it'll be here next week for for people who want to join us and and, and commit to being part of this for the next year with us, and and that was exciting. And so we saw that, and last year we kind of kicked things off as a family by making that commitment, and it's a preparation process. And so what I wanted to do today and next week, kind of a two-week, at the halfway mark, is I wanted to just remind us of what we're doing. Right? Sometimes it's easy to just kind of forget about the targets and the goals and all that stuff. I also want to remind us of why we're doing it. What's the imperative? I mean, why does it matter? Why are we trying to do this? That's important. Thirdly, I want to take a little bit of time throughout the next couple weeks to celebrate our progress so far. People tell me I don't celebrate enough. Because I'm a, I'm a visionary. I'm always like on the next thing, right? We're in the middle of a stretch campaign. Let's start a for Peterborough campaign. Let's get on to the next thing, folks. That's me. So it's good to take time to be like, hey, what have we accomplished together and celebrate and be excited about that? So we want to do that. And lastly, uh, over these next couple of weeks, I want to invite uh, those of you who weren't here a year ago or who had just shown up and weren't able to participate in this process to give you an opportunity to jump in and help us to finish strong over the next year. Does that make sense? So that's what we're going to do. Um... The theme verse for our stretch initiative, which is, by the way, a two-year generosity campaign where we're trying to raise funds, Um, the theme verse is found in Isaiah 54. Here's what it says. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. The, The image that we have from the prophet is he's telling the people of Israel specifically, to enlarge their tents, to stretch out the fabric and the cords and to make their tents, their living quarters, bigger. Okay, we all understand that. But why was he saying that? Well, the context of this is that that God had given the descendants of Abraham, the the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, a land. It's along the Mediterranean Sea. It's called Israel. You You can go there today. And God had promised that land to Abraham and his descendants. Now, they eventually inherited the land, And they were living in it, but because they turned away from God, a neighboring nation invaded, destroyed their cities, tore down the temple, destroyed their homes, and the people were scattered, some of them away in captivity. And the prophet of God speaks up and he says, listen, you guys are turning back to God, and here's what God is about to do. He's about to increase your families. He's about to give you your cities back. You'll rebuild your homes. You won't live in a tent. They're living in tents because their homes have been torn down. God is going to reestablish his people in the land. He's going to fulfill his promise. So here's what I want you to do. Stretch out your tent. Start doing something today with what's already in your hand to prepare for what God is about to do. It's significant because the people were taking a step. Before God gave them anything to fill their tents, they began stretching them out. And so that's been the theme verse for this initiative and what we've been talking about. I don't have time today to give you all the information about this about this event that you might need. Uh, We have these brochures if you're new to this whole stretch idea. There's like 30 pages or something of information that you can grab and take those home and read them through if you want to learn more about what we're doing. We also have these commitment cards on some of the seats around you. You can grab one of those today and take it home. We're not asking anyone to fill these out. This is certainly not for guests. Um, This is for those who want to be part of this campaign by committing to give over the next year. Now, um, these cards... Again, are four people who weren't part of this last year or weren't able to participate, uh, so you're going to have an opportunity to take that home today, and next week you'll have an opportunity to hand it in and participate um, in the last year of this campaign. So I want you to know that. Also, if you were here a year ago and you filled one of these out, you don't have to fill out another one, okay? Just, I'm just going to tell you that. However, there is an opportunity, if you flip them open and look, there's a little checkbox that says, this is an adjustment for my previous two-year commitment. We know that there may be some people whom over the past year God has blessed, and you've got so much money coming in, God's blessed you so much, you're like, I'll increase my giving for the next year, so you can fill out a card if you want to adjust it. Also, we do know that for some folks, income has changed, loss of job, situations have changed, and we want you to be able to still engage in the process, and you can adjust your goal down if need be. So we want to work with everyone, because the idea of this is not just what we can get, from you, but what we can do for you, and how God is going to work through you stretching your faith in the way that God leads you. So that's what those cards are for. Um, You can feel free to grab one if you'd like and take it home uh, for next week. So that's what's going on. We had two goals as we kind of initially kicked this thing off, Uh, just to kind of remind us. The first goal was to raise the level of generosity in our church. I think it's a good idea for all of us to consider how God might call us to raise our level of generosity. To be more generous people. So that's a great goal. The second goal was to set aside resources for a future home. For the past nine years, we've existed as a portable church. We're in rented facilities. Rayma has been really good to us. Uh, Selwyn Church rents us office space off-site, and that's been great. But we know that there's coming a day when we're going to need our own facilities to run all the ministries and programs that we have. And so we wanted to get out ahead and begin preparing financially so that when something comes available, we're ready to move. A year ago when we kicked this off, I showed this graph, and I wanted to show you, this is our attendance over the past eight years from the time that we began. That's a really good graph. I like graphs. Anybody like graphs? I'm an image guy, so I got a bunch of graphs for you. So this is is our attendance trajectory for the first eight years. So I did a new graph this week to show you kind of how things have played out for the last year. So you go ahead and show that. Everything is continuing uh, in the way that it has been. And we knew uh, about a year and a half ago that we were starting to feel tension, not only in our main services, you know, seats and space in our lobbies and parking, but even more so in our children's ministries and youth ministries. You see you see everyone in this room, but there's 50, 60 kids plus volunteers in the back throughout the rooms trying to do a children's ministry. So there's all these dynamics going on. Uh, on Friday nights, we have our youth ministry meeting. Oh, he's got a little graph. Who wants to see a graph of the children's ministry? There it is. Isn't that nice? Uh, Children's ministry continues to grow. There's some Sundays where we have 60 to 70 kids in five small classrooms at the back. And and so we're managing all that, and it's great. But we do know that if God continues to bless us in the way he has, we're going to have to just keep stretching our tent uh, to make room for more. And that's exciting. Guys, not every church experiences that. And that's really exciting, and it's really humbling to see that. And uh, that's because of the faith of his people. And uh, so we've got another one here. If you can put the next one up for me, Henry. Well, these are our youth... Leaders are youth leaders. That's amazing. Uh, these are individuals that are pouring into our teenagers on Friday nights, every Friday night with an amazing crew. We wanted to get a picture of all our pathway kids workers, but we couldn't even fit them on the screen. There were so many of them. Uh, we we're just blessed with amazing volunteers. These are the, the youth meeting on a Friday night in a classroom. And on some nights there's 70 to 80 kids and leaders in a in a classroom trying to do worship. So we're feeling the tension, but it's good. It's a good tension. There's another picture of the kids. Uh, Really exciting to see. Uh, Andrew was telling me this week that we, on a Friday night, we have 11 small groups meeting throughout the school. Yeah. And uh, as as a church, we're a church of groups, right? We encourage people to get into circles, right, to do life with people. And that's not only for the adults. We actually have small groups in our children's ministry and we have small groups in our youth ministry where kids and leaders connect and bond and build a relationship, and we think that's super important. So lots of amazing things are going on. So with all of that tension that we were feeling, uh, we prayerfully set a goal um, to increase our giving. We've got another graph. I know you guys love graphs. right? On the left, we projected a year ago what our two-year giving would be. And some of you may not know this, but a church like ours has no other source of revenue or income, financially, other than free will donations. It's what the people at Call Pathway Church Home choose to give. To honor God and to see the mission of the church go forward, and so we knew, uh, looking at all our numbers and history, that over two years we would probably raise about 1.15 million over the two last year and this year. That's what we expected, and so we set a faith stretch goal to raise that number to 1.75 million. Now it's about this big on the graph, but that's a 52 percent increase in giving within the current members of our church and people of our church. That's incredible. That's a big, it's a big number, right? Yeah, that's great. And so we prayerfully said, hey, God, could we do this? And we put it to the people, and people filled out cards. And, and when all those cards came in and we totaled everything up, we actually exceeded our initial goal and, and, and projected out for 1.81 million, which is incredible, yeah? But now we've got to still do it. Yeah? No cheering for that. We're still... <laughs> We've, we've begun, we're a year in, and so we're halfway. Sometimes, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Sometimes you get halfway, you start getting tired, you start like, will this room ever be painted, right? You're still filling holes going, I think we're going to be doing this for the rest of the year. It's, it's amazing to see um, how far we've already come. So I'm going to wait till the end, and I'll, I'll let you know uh, where, where we've gotten to so far. Uh, part of it as this 1.75 million is, uh, is one total goal for all the giving for a two-year period. We're halfway through it. Uh, $1.15 million, that's our operating budget. That covers our staff, our programs, our rent, our missions, our giving. All of that stuff gets covered for a two-year period on that $1.15. All the additional money that we're trying to raise through our stretch, the 600000 is being set aside for a future home and space. Right? And having that money set aside in advance means that when a property, when a building, when a church or something comes available, we've got the money in the bank. To put an offer and begin moving quickly, instead of trying to raise the money at the last minute, which almost never works. So that's what we've been doing. So that's the that's the what we've been doing. Um, in order for us to do that, it means people have to stretch, particularly in the area of giving. It's it's a big deal to increase your giving by fifty percent, and that's what our church has been doing, and it's amazing. Uh, the definition of stretch is this: to reach or extend beyond your normal limits right? It's like there's the normal operation. I had you raise your arms earlier. Going beyond becomes a stretch. And the amazing thing about stretching is that stretching increases our capacity. There's all kinds of medical data to support the fact that if you stretch daily, it is healthy. It gets blood through your joints. It increases your mobility. It reduces the chance that you're going to get injured. Stretching has many, many benefits, and so hopefully, you know, you guys have stretching that you do, and you're keeping your body, but that's not only true physically. Stretching is, is true spiritually, it's true financially, it's true relationally, that when you stretch beyond your current limits, you actually increase your capacity, right? Some of you have stepped beyond your current capacity and then grew into it. That's what happens when we stretch. So, here's a question. Why are we so reluctant to stretch? Anybody know? Because it's uncomfortable. Nobody likes stretching. There's always going to be somebody like, I actually like stretching, Pastor. No, you don't. Go home. Right? (laughs) Some of you like the benefits enough that you'll put up with the pain. When I was in high school, we did all these sports, and I loved it. I was competitive. I was flying all over the gym. And then they would say, cool down and stretch. I was like, yeah, right. (laughs) I'm not doing that. It's uncomfortable. I don't like it. And oftentimes, we shy away from what's uncomfortable we need coaches and trainers to push us to do the very things that we really know we ought to do. And I believe that in the same way, God calls us constantly out of our comfort zone. I did a whole series years ago on comfort zone. Because we love to be comfortable, don't we? And I mean, I'm okay if you ask me to do something I know that I can do. It's like, no problem. I can do that. If God asks me to do something I already know I can do, it's like, yeah, I can do that. But then it doesn't require any faith doesn't require any faith because I already know I can do it. So I don't, if, I, if I can do it, I don't need God at all. And I don't have to get uncomfortable. And we don't like to get uncomfortable. But I believe God calls us to stretch. And this isn't just about finances. God calls us to stretch relationally. He calls us to stretch in the area of forgiveness. He calls us to stretch our hearts out and love and serve other people when we don't feel like it. He's going to call us to stretch in so, so many ways. And he's looking for people who will say yes to the stretch. Because in the stretch, we need to depend on him. In the stretch, we experience what it truly means to have faith in God. And my prayer for the past nine years has really been that God would use our community, Pathway Church community, you know, amongst all the other churches, but specifically this community that God would use us and stretch us so that we would reach our community and love our city well and share the gospel and the good news of God's love with them. That's been my prayer. The problem is, years ago... I came to an understanding that I want to share with you today. That when we pray, God usually answers our prayer in a specific way. The backstory to this is found in Exodus. Moses, some of you know who Moses is. Moses was born an Israelite in Egypt. The descendants of Abraham, while they were still a little clan, they moved to a place called Egypt, and there they became a great nation, When the Egyptians saw how many Israelites were living among them, they decided to enslave them so they wouldn't take over. And so the people of Israel were living in slavery. They were killing the babies. They were mistreating them. They were working them to death. And and they were killing the babies. And so they sent Moses, this little baby, down the river to spare his life. And Pharaoh's daughter, the royal household, takes him in, adopts him, raises him in the royal family, Later, when Moses realizes he's an Israelite and not an Egyptian, he tries to set his people free by killing an Egyptian and then flees for his life. So he leaves the nation. And for the next 40 years, he's basically in the wilderness tending sheep with a stick. And my guess is that Moses, during those 40 years, spent a lot of time praying to God for his family who were still in Egypt. And we know that the people who were in Egypt, in slavery, were praying to God, saying, God, would you save us? And that's the context. For where we find ourselves this morning in Exodus 3, verse 7. Then the Lord said this Moses meets God on the mountain, and God speaks to him. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. And I know their suffering. This is encouraging to me because God says, Moses, I see what's going on, I hear the prayers. I hear the cries of the people. It's encouraging to me because there have been times in my life when I have literally looked to this guy and said, "God, don't you see what's going on here?" Anybody else ever done that? God, do you see what's happening in my body? Do you see what's happening in my relationship? Do you see what's happening in my family? Where are you? Cuz I know that you can do something about this. You're God. You can do whatever you want. I know you can change the situation. So I'm praying to you. I'm asking you to do something, to intervene, and you're just waiting, and you're wondering whether he even hears you. Maybe I'm the only person who's ever been there. And Moses and the people of Israel are crying out to God, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and God finally shows up. And this is encouraging because he says, I've heard every prayer. I see what's going on. It has not escaped me one bit. He sees it all, and he cares. That's good news. Verse 8 must have been really encouraging to Moses. God says to Moses, and I have come down to deliver them. Moses would have jumped right out of his sandals if he had them on, if he had them on. It's like, finally, we've been praying, and now God, the God of heaven, is like, I'm coming down, and I'm going to do something about this situation. That's encouraging. That's exciting. Tell somebody near you, to say, God's about to do something. That was not enthusiastic at all. I mean, God is about to do something. That's exciting. That's exciting, right? Aren't you excited when you... God is about to step in and intervene in this situation. Moses would be excited. He says, I have come down to deliver them. That's why I'm here, Moses. I'm going to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and I'm going to bring them up out of that land into a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm not only going to save them from slavery, but I'm going to take them to a good land. I'm going to give them something better. And Moses is like, yes. This is the answer to prayer we've been waiting for. I don't know about you, but... Um, Moses must have been wondering, how's God going to do it? He said he's just about to come and do something. How's he going to do it? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever wondered, like, how's God going to turn this situation around in my marriage? How's God going to turn this situation around at work with my bad, angry, narcissistic boss? You know? How's God going to change him? How's he going to change the situation in my school? How's God going to do what he's going to do? Because I know he's going to intervene. How's he going to do it? And Moses is wondering that. How's God going to feed all the hungry people in the world? How's he going to help the poor? How's God going to reach our community? How's God going to do it? And and Moses must have been so excited. and So you can imagine his surprise when the next thing out of God's mouth is this. Come, I'll send you. (laughs) I'll send you to Pharaoh that you might bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Me? You just said you came down to do this. God's like, yeah, I did. Whew. For a second there, I thought, I thought you, you said you were going to send me to do it. God's like, yeah, I said that. No, but I thought you were doing it. Yes. But you said I was going to do it. Yes. <laughs> Nervous. Chuckle. Everywhere, right? Moses is like, whoa, wait a second. And, and this, this verse, among many others in Scripture has really made an impact on me, because what I came to realize is that often, often, not always, but often, the way that God will answer our prayers is through us. He will send me in answer to the very thing I pray for, and he'll send you in answer to the very thing you pray for. It's like, but wait, I thought you were going to do it, God, and he's like, I am going to do it. How are you going to do it? I'm going to do it through you, and I don't like that answer. I want you to do it a different way. I want you to do it through the other person. God says, no, I'm going to send you. See, in reality, we want God to do something for us, right? We want God to do something for us, but in reality, God wants to do something through us. I I don't know why. I don't know why the God of heaven and earth, who can do anything he wants, chooses to work through broken people like us. I just don't know. I assume, this is an assumption, I assume it has something to do with when he involves us in the process, we grow. I, I, it has to be that. Like I, My wife and I are parents, and we have four kids at home, and over the years, it's been very difficult teaching them to do housework. And, and we'll, we'll tell them to make their bed, and they kind of throw a blanket over, and it's all crooked. It's like, no, and you have to show them. And, you know, there comes the point where you're just like, get out of the way, I'll do it myself. I'll do it better. I'll do it faster. So why would we involve the kids when they can't even do it as well as us? Because there's growth in there for them. And I have to imagine that that God chooses to use us to accomplish what he wants to do in the world. Because through that process, we grow to know him. We grow to trust him. We grow in love. All of this happens. And, And I said this when we started the campaign. Somebody could just come and write us a check for the money that we need for the building... And I'd be the first person dancing on the stage. Yeah, we did it. Or he or she did it. (laughs) Whatever. I'd be so excited, but we would miss the opportunity to grow in generosity as a church. And so God always chooses to use his people and work through his people. And I believe it's often for our benefit. And so um, Moses responds in chapter 4, verse 1. But behold... They will not believe me or listen to my voice for they will say the Lord did not appear to you. Moses was like, even if I go, even if I obey you and I go, I go shepherd to deliver this nation from Egypt, no one will listen to me. No one will believe me. See, we tend to focus on what we don't have. I don't have the ability. I can't do it. But God works through what we do have. Notice what God says to Moses next. He says, what's that in your hand? Moses like, a staff? Every shepherd had a staff. It was like a tool of the trade. You, you had a staff, you use it for the sheep, you use it to guide and protect the sheep. Every, every shepherd had a staff. He's got a stick in his hand and God comes and says, I want you to deliver a million people from an Egyptian army and lead them through a desert to a promised land, conquer the nation. Moses is like, I can't do that. He's like, sure you can. You've got a stick. <laughs> God's like, yes, I will send you to deliver the people with that stick in your hand and I will use the very thing in your hand that seems common, seems ordinary, seems like nothing and I'll use that. topple an empire. Like, only God could do that. And he says, I'll send you. Moses is like, all I got's the stick. All I have. See, we focus on what we don't have. We all do it, right? I don't have the time to help. I don't have the money to give. I can't forgive that person. I can't show up. We we, we focus on all the things we don't. I'm not a hugger. Like, somebody needs a hug, but that can't be me, because God surely knows I'm not a hugger. Last year when I shared this message, somebody heard me say that I'm a hugger and every single Sunday they're here, I get a big bear hug. I love it, right? I know I'm a big, tall, intimidating pastor, but I love hugs, so I'll just throw that out there. We focus on what we don't have, but God always focuses on what we do have, and he uses what we have. I could take you through the Bible, right? Jesus tells the disciples, feed 5,000 people, and they're like, we don't have any food, and he's like, well, what do you have? He's like, we got a few loaves and fishes. He's like, that'll do. I'll take what's in your hand, and I'll use it, they like, start handing it out. This? And they start handing it out, and everyone's fed. Amazing miracle. But he works through us, using what's already in our hands. Down in Exodus 4, verse 10, the conversation carries on for about a chapter and a half. It's basically just Moses arguing with God about well, all the reasons why he can't do what God has called him to do. And Moses says to the Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you've spoken to me. Nothing's changed. I don't talk well. I don't speak well. I have a stutter. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord says to him, this is cool, who's made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Of course, Moses doesn't say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord he continues his objection much like we do and he says oh my lord please send someone else Now that verse stands out to me because that's a prayer that i've prayed tony jones was in the first service sitting right over there around where nick was and i said hey tony because he lives in haiti with his family and it's terrible there right now pray for the people of haiti it's it's a mess and i said hey tony <laughs> not to put you on the spot or anything, but have you ever prayed, please send someone else? He's like, every day, brother, (laughs) right? Tony's back for a month and in in two weeks, he's going to be here sharing for like 45 minutes. Who am I kidding? An hour and 20 minutes. He'll be sharing about Haiti. The stories he tells about what God is doing there um, and the faithfulness of God in that dark place is amazing. But you know you're stepping out in faith when you get to the point where you're like, God, I can't do this unless you show up. God, you're calling me beyond what I can do. And it's there that you experience faith because if you can do it on your own, it's not faith. If it requires God to come through, it's faith. And it requires a trust in him. And so until you get to the place where you're like, please send someone else, you you may not quite be there yet. And I know in in my life, there have been many times where I've prayed this prayer. I was like, God, um, I understand what you're asking of me. I understand what you want from me, but would you please send somebody else? someone else who has more education, who's better equipped, who's better at this, who please send someone else. But what I've come to discover is that God will answer our prayers and the prayers of others through me. Through me. And he'll do it through you. And he'll do it with or without us. But we get to open our hearts in faith and say, God, would you do it through me? And one of the things that I began to do a number of years ago is I began to tack these two words through me onto the end of my prayers. And it changes everything. When you say, God, would you feed hungry people around the world? Through me. It changes everything. God, would you heal this broken relationship? Through me. It changes everything. God, Would you provide the resources for our church to have a facility through me? See, As soon as you tack on the through me, all of a sudden it causes me or you to step into faith. God, would you bring reconciliation through me? And the moment you begin to add those two words, through me, onto your prayers, the moment you do that, you have to have an open heart, open eyes, and open ears. it requires a trust and faith in God that changes everything so um, I want to encourage you before you leave today around the walls of the gym and even in the lobby there are these uh, poster boards uh, signs these flip chart signs and I want you to if you take a moment just to read some of them and there are questions on there like what do you love about pathway what do you think God's calling pathway to do that kind of stuff and what you're going to see on there is the responses of our people And the reason why the last month we've been starting this For Peterborough initiative is really in response to the heart of our people that was displayed on those boards as we began the stretch process. People were like, this is what we believe God's calling us to do and be in our community. And so the For Peterborough initiative really isn't a different thing than the stretch it's actually a result of it. And so we're the Stretch campaign, we're raising funds for the future, but as our giving as a church increases, that means we have more money to give away, more money to serve in our community and bless our missionaries and the work of God around the world. And then our 4 Peterborough initiative gets us out doing it, giving it away, serving and loving our community. It's all one thing. And so um, today as we close, uh, I want to I wanna let you know kind of where we're at. Uh, as I said, our goal was to uh, raise our level of giving so that we could set aside the $600,000 for a future space. Uh, we had this goal of a two-year savings of $600,000 at the one-year mark. So halfway through, uh, we are just over $400,000 of the way there, which is unbelievable. Yes. To, to, put that in, to put that into perspective, the year prior to us starting the campaign, our budget, our total giving was $400,000. So it's like, doubling it the year after. And uh, 200,000 of that came in in one-time gifts up front. People pulled money out of bank accounts, investments, and gave to the church to help get us started. The next 200,000 was taken out of our weekly giving. And so as long as our weekly giving stays up high for the next 12 months, we will definitely meet or exceed that goal. So I want to encourage you to keep it up. It's It's a sprint, not a marathon. And it's easy to get excited at the outset and then get tired along the way. But we're doing the preparation work now So that one day we'll be able to take a step forward and and i can tell you this already just with that money in the bank as we continue to look at properties buildings churches anything that comes available the difference between a year ago and now is we could actually make an offer and move very quickly because we have enough resources to start the process and that's because of the faithfulness of hundreds of people who believed enough in the vision of this church and what we're about to stretch their giving and their faith and god's just going to keep stretching us financially and love in every area if we're willing to listen to his call and obey him so i'm amazed at our church and what we've been able to accomplish and i think the best is still to come so next week we're going to continue um a couple quick announcements and i'm going to pray if you're here and you need to pray with somebody something going on in your life um, we'll have a prayer area available just over to my right and your left there's a giving table at the back you can give there if you'd like um, what else do I need to tell people about? Oh, if you're here and you're just hearing about this stretch stuff for the first time, we have a meal, a lunch at 12.30 upstairs in one of the rooms. It's all ready. Many people have already reserved, but we have space, so if you're here and you're just hearing about it and you'd love to hear more about the history of this campaign and where we've been at, ask questions, we'd love to have you come and share lunch with us. We have childcare available so you can come up at 12.30 and participate in that. So here's how we're going to close the service. I'm going to pray. And the band is going to lead us in a new song you've never heard before. And the reason you never heard it before is because it's brand new. And the reason why it's brand new is because I wrote this song a year ago uh, while I was going through the material for this stretch campaign. Um, God kind of birthed this song in my heart. And I sent it to Jason and I said, hey, could you guys do this when we do our one-year recap? And so the band put it together. I think you're going to love it. And it's right on point with what we've been saying today. So let me pray and the band will lead us out of the service with the song. Father, thank you for each and every person that calls Pathway Church home. Thank you for our guests and visitors and all who are here today. Lord, I'm amazed at the faithfulness of your people, the willingness of the people of our church to say yes to you, to invest in the mission of this church. I pray that through this community, through this organization, that many people would come to faith. We're so thankful about the, the hundreds of kids and teens that are part of our programs, that are learning about Jesus, that are being grounded in their faith and character through the work that you're doing right here. God, if there's anyone in this place who's never put their faith and trust in you, I pray that they would not leave here today without doing so. And Lord, may we as a church continue to be willing to be uncomfortable for the mission that you have to seek and save the lost, and to invest in this community and the city around us. Thank you. And God, would you do all of this by your power through us. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: I'll send you, but I am not able unless you will do it through me. Do it again, fulfill your promise. is to pour out your spirit on us to fill me with your love the sign from above And I am... stand with us this morning as we declare his promise together that he is always for us he is not against us he's always got our backs what a beautiful thing that is Thank you for your spirit. And we listen to you. And you listen to us. And we ask you to continue to move through this church and through this community, Father. In your precious name, amen.